Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Ray Ferraro and Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening to the show, everybody. Ray is coming right up, but with such a limited time in which to enjoy a watercraft, and I know it's January up there in Canada, but still, don't waste any of it worrying about how to protect your property in the event of an accident or a theft. Let Wyatt Dowling ensure you are properly covered. Leave your worries at the door. All points marine coverage for your watercraft, including winterization going on right now, and it covers the freezing and vermin coverage, emergency towing, loss of use. Water ski wakeboard liability included. Three-year new model replacement. Allpointsinsurance.ca. Take care of your watercraft, and it will take care of you people. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Pulp Hockey Podcast. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Subscribe on iTunes. Get it on Stitcher. Get it anywhere you can get your podcasts. We are back after a couple-week absence, and uh, happy to have you people along. Thank you for uh, all the tweets and everything else about uh, missing the show. We really appreciate it. I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line. TSN lead color analyst, Olympic broadcaster now, Ray Ferraro. What's up, Ray? Welcome back. Uh, it's good to be back. I am uh, it's funny when you're away a long time and you come back and see things that are familiar again. It's uh, very, very nice, very comforting. So we had a, had a good time in Korea. I'll tell you, it is a, it's a really nice, neat, clean, organized place with about 25 million people. <laughs> In around Seoul, and it is um, it was it was cool to be there, but I'm glad to be home. Yeah, at some point the time change, and you're trying to remember that you had a wife and kids, and when did you talk to them, and what's happening with them? Right, it's it's well, tough. I would, yeah. I would call at the end of my day, uh-huh. which would be kind of in the middle of the day before for them, right? You know, yep. and so it was kind of like sometimes. One time, my little guy, Reese, my eight-year-old, he FaceTimed me. It was like 3.30 in the morning. And, uh, you know, I, I hear the ring, and I, I'm like, hey, how you doing? He's like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, well, I'm asleep, Reese. It's 3 in the morning. But he, he's eight. He had no idea. Yeah, no. It's, it's, it's 7 his time or whatever, 8 his time, right? Yeah, 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 he was fine. He was getting ready to go to bed or getting ready to go for dinner or right, whatever he right. was doing. And so, no, all good. It was... It was uh, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of fun, but yeah. it's um, it's always nice to come home. As you as you know, when you travel, it's home's home. It's it's great to get back. Anything over three days for me now, and I'm I'm dying. I want to get back home. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's get into Olympics later on in the show. Uh, lots to talk about uh, Germany. We got to talk about Germany. Good God, um, that was awesome. And yeah. uh, and and. Uh, Great games and the women's games were fantastic, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Let's go, let's go trade deadline day number one. First off, yes, you were in uh, South Korea, but uh, you did miss the whole day uh, sitting on the desk at TSN. Um, and I don't, I don't, maybe that's a trade off. Maybe, maybe being in South Korea is better than sitting there for 10 hours. <laughs> well, you know, as I landed at 
10:30 local time in Vancouver, which was about which is 1:30 in the east. So it was almost over. Yeah. And so you know you look land, and of course you get like 192 billion emails that come in when you land. And so I'm looking through the trade scrolls, and I'm like, there were like four deals yeah. at that time. Yeah. Like, oh man, that stinks! <laughs> like to sit there. You can only review the Rick Nash trade so many times. Right, right. And, and it made me very happy that I'd spent the previous 11 hours on a plane. Um, and, uh, yeah. and, and then all of a sudden all hell broke loose, and like it always is. But this year seemed different. Like the, I, don't, I don't know that people have a great sense of what the market is going to bear anymore. Like before it used to be, relatively consistent you could mm-hmm. you could see three or four teams that might be interested in a certain player and now it it you know i mean people crave and cherish their picks and their prospects so much it gets harder and harder to make deals and and of course there's cap and yep. all that other stuff that you know so it was log jammed for a long time and i think a couple teams got left holding the bag a little bit that you know, they thought there would be a bigger return for yeah. the players than there was. Yeah, it's uh, and and GMs are getting it done before the deadline, which doesn't help. You know, TSN, Sportsnet, and these people—they're getting it done more yeah. and more in the days beforehand. Um, but having said that, Ray, and I was tweeting this out on the Pulp Hockey account, like first round picks, just everywhere, just like candy. I, 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 you know, that's how you build. That's how you. I was really surprised at all the firsts. I mean, Ryan Hartman for a first. I mean, yeah, it's later on in the ground, but you know. Um, yeah, that seemed that seemed a little high for me. The, yeah. the Hartman trade. Um, some of the pay, like, if you notice though, the the teams that aren't very good, mm-hmm. they're hanging on to those. Yeah, players. yeah. You know, the, I think the the thought becomes. Hey, we got a chance this year. We're one of ten teams or twelve teams that has a chance. So we have to we have to make a run at it. Yeah. And if that costs us a first, okay. But you can't. Like for example, Pittsburgh's been you know trading first round picks. Yeah. Getting them and trading them for the last three or four years. But they've got Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. And if you're not going to try and win with all of your resources, then when are you gonna? Right, like they they have to, you know. So they they trade a, a first for Brassard, and you know that becomes a really expensive pick because you know when you put down the trades, you know, in order of the picks that moved in and out to get to Derek Brassard, it became a a pretty costly trade. They traded a first rounder for Ryan Reeves last year, yeah, and then they traded Reeves to Vegas for what a fourth, yeah. Um... Yeah, let me see here. What did he get? Yeah, I got it all listed. Yeah, it's a fourth. So you know, like it became a. That's a pretty costly acquisition if you put the picks in order. But yep. again, you've got back-to-back cups, and your team is playing well, and you've got Crosby and Malkin, and you have to. You you have to try. Yep. Yeah, the pain's coming down the road, right? Uh, but somewhere, yeah. Yep. Yep. And well, the pain's also coming. You could. You could save your um, your picks for a, for another for another time, but the pain is coming when Crosby retires anyway. Yeah, <laughs> like it's right. it's coming. So you might as well enjoy the run while it's here. I just, as a Maple Leaf fan, they they used to just give away the picks left and right and left and right. 
You know, and and right. even and I, I, for years there was nothing going on, and they had no picks. And I'm like, why are you guys doing that? Like it, now, you know, I'm like, yeah, it's <laughs> they all add up, you know, in my mind, anyways. Um, well, eventually, eventually, there there is a price to be paid. Yeah, you, you know, you you can't just rip your your system out of prospects. You only get seven picks a year. Most teams will tell you if two of those seven hit yep. and play 100 NHL games, they're thrilled. Two of seven. Now, if you mm-hmm. trade three of those picks away, yeah. you can imagine what that does to the odds. Yeah. Uh, maybe the biggest trade, Rick Nash goes to the Bruins. The Rangers did what they said they were going to do, you know, and, and rebuild even though they were close to a playoff spot. Um, you got to admire what they did. They picked up some firsts and a lot of useful players and some prospects. Ryan Madonna and JT Miller go to Tampa. I thought, Ray, and you certainly know this better than I, I thought that was a little underwhelming. Like, is Ryan Madonna not that good anymore? I thought he was kind of a – I thought he would get more, to be honest. Well, I, I'm i in the camp that McDonough's been, a, you know, a little bit overrated um, in what he is. He's not a number one defenseman. He's more like a two or a three defenseman. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's a valuable commodity. I think you'll, I think you'll be outstanding in Tampa because now your two left side defensemen and your top two pairs are Victor Hedman and Ryan McDonough. Ryan McDonough gets a second pair matchup, yeah. And so you're, you know, you put him in a in a spot to succeed, right? In in Tampa. Um, so I I don't know that I was underwhelmed. Uh, now Howden's a very good prospect. The defenseman Libor Hayek. Is very good. Okay. Saw him at World Junior. So, uh, and the problem with a deal that involves young people, and like out of the NHL or out of pro hockey young people, is that the only names most of us know are the NHL names. And so you look at it and you say, Vlad Nemestikov, really? Yeah. But really, the the That's... bounty is the young guy. Yeah. And so there is a little bit of a you know, guesswork to this. Like, do they, how will they develop? What will happen with Howden and, and uh, Hayek? And how good could Nemestikov be? Or is Nemestikov a product of playing with Stamkos? Yep, yep. You know, like, yep. I, I don't know. So it's it's hard to say, but I I thought it was a pretty a pretty gutsy move by New York to go all in. Uh, with this rebuild like yep. they did yep. to say, you know what, we're, we're good, but we're not going to win. So we need to turn the page. They turned a bunch of pages. Yeah, it was, it, uh, it's unprecedented, like we've seen for a team to do that, um, as far as putting a letter out and just saying to everybody, yeah, we're, we're not good enough. That's, that's impressive. Yeah, the, the thing is, Steve, they've probably jumped a couple of steps in the rebuild mm-hmm. by doing this proactively as opposed to sitting around and now they get into next year, what are they going to do with Ryan McDonough? He's going to be 31. Are they going to sign him for five years? Or, you know, and then that gets him into his mid-30s or, you know, then they get into that yep. rental market thing. I mean, they, they jumped the queue and they picked up a bunch of prospects. For the last couple of years, they've been trying to do that. And I would say that, you know, this didn't start with the trade of Rick Nash or with that letter that went out to everybody. Mm-hmm. This started when they traded Derek Stepan and Antti Rant last summer. 
and yeah. got a first round pick from Arizona for Leah Anderson that became Leah Anderson. Right. So they've already been on this, even though they hadn't really announced it. And so it just think since last year's playoffs, they traded Ranta, Grabner, Stephen, Nash, Miller, mm-hmm. McDonough. Yeah. Six of the 20 guys that were in that last game are gone. Yeah. Like, that is a huge move by the Rangers. Yep. And, and I thought they got a lot for Nash, who's who's a rental. You know, I thought that was pretty good. Spooner in the first rounder. Yeah. They did. Now, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they had to chew on Boleski's yeah. contract, which yep. was fine. But Spooner is a, Spooner's an NHL player. He, you know, he's um, he got miscast a little bit. He got bounced around. I think they asked too much of him too soon, and he wasn't able to provide it. Uh, this year, when he's been healthy, he's been in a more secondary role, and that's really worked for him. Um, you know, I I like that to get another first. Um, you know, there's no quick fix, but mm-hmm. like I said, I think they they jumped the queue a little bit here. But for but also for the Bruins, they're they're very good, and so I think Nash is um, in the games I saw him live this year. He's skated as well as he skated over the last couple of years. So I like them adding Nash. Um, they add more depth uh, to their lineup with uh, Nick Holden that they got in a separate deal from uh, from the Rangers. Um, they added uh, a couple of depth forwards. Uh, Gianto will be an in-and-out guy yep. for them, You know, just watching from the Olympics. The one thing to remember there, he'd only played four games all year going into the Olympics. Okay. And so I don't, I don't know where he was conditioning-wise and stuff, mm-hmm. but he's a – He's a depth acquisition. Then they pick up Tommy Wingles, and they picked him up, I think, with knowing the injury to Bergeron's going to miss three weeks or four weeks with a broken bone in his foot. Yep. Um, you know, so they've added they've added pretty good depth to a very good team there. I really like the Paul Stastny acquisition by Winnipeg. I, I don't know much about Eric Foley. Yeah. Maybe you can tell us a little bit, but I think that's that's a great pickup. Yeah, I don't know enough about Foley to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. What I do know is Paul Stastny is is a really stable, steady player. He's a productive player. And uh, <clears throat> they were looking to add a little more depth uh, behind Brian Little and, and Mark Shifley. So they get that in um, uh, in the trade for Stastny. That when, when Adam Lowry's healthy, he moves to their fourth center. I mean, that's as good a center ice position as anybody. Yeah, and and gee, how'd you like to come to Winnipeg? And they say, "Oh yeah, we're happy to have you." And here are your wingers, Nick Ehlers and Patrick Liney. Yeah, <laughs> here you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could do that. Now I don't know if you got a chance to watch the game last night. No, I was at um, the. I went to Knights uh, Kings last night. You so. were at the Knights game, so yep. the the Jets game it was six five yeah. with Nashville. It was outstanding. Uh, Man, I hope those teams play. In the playoffs, that was outstanding stuff. Winnipeg had a five-three lead, right? At some point, I saw it was five-three. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was zero-zero after the first, and four-three after the second. <laughs> nice, I nice. Mean, like it, yeah, it was like all hell broke loose in the second period. Yeah, I went uh, and watched the Kings shut down the Knights. I was very surprised. It was uh, not much going on for the Knights out there. Um, really, really well, rare. I thought, I thought they played a little bit out of character last night. The Knights. You know they were they were running around a little bit. I I thought they got involved in too many scrums and yep. they're the 
they don't have any penalties this year, and now all of a sudden they got a whole bunch. And yeah. you can pin a lot of that. You know, they got Ryan Reeves, and Reeves is going to play his style of game. But you know, Reeves has to remember to play as well. He can be a very effective player. You know, because he can yeah. skate, and yeah. he's physical. Um, but I thought I thought Las Vegas got or Vegas got dragged into the mud last night. Yeah, yeah. Reeves to me played a ridiculous game, boring penalty, and he was. Starting stuff like for no reason, and the refs were like, "Hey, listen, you got to go." You know, it took a couple bad well, penalties. The, the scrums just... after scrums after every whistle, the Kings will do that all day long, <laughs> and you can't play. Right. You can't play like they want to play. That's not how yep. Vegas has gotten to where they are right now. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's what uh, that's what I was doing. Is there a trade under the radar that uh, we'll get to Broussard and we'll talk, talk Ottawa and we'll talk um, Canucks a little bit in the Leafs? But is there a trade? Under the radar, one that you really like that you thought someone did really well in. Well, I mean, there there are no players involved in it, but to get three draft picks for Thomas Tatar, I thought that was yeah was really good for for Detroit. They've got now they had I think they had nine picks last year. Mm-hmm. They've got eleven this year and eight next year. So in the three in the three years of those drafts, that's 27 picks. If they don't get, if they don't get a half a dozen really good prospects out of that, they got to fire their scout. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, like yeah. that's how they're rebuilding. And so I thought, you know, to to move to Tar, um, you know, you you've got some young guys that wanted to open some space up. Tatar is only 26, but to get three picks, um, a first, a second, and a third, I thought was a, a pretty good move. I didn't even know Tatar was on the block a little bit, and obviously Mike Green was on there for Detroit and a few other guys. But I didn't know Tatar was a guy that they had were ready to move. I was a bit surprised, but maybe I don't. Well, I, don't tr- I think they circled back to Tatar. The Vegas did, from what I understand, they went hard at Carlson. Yep, that deal couldn't come to fruition, and so they moved back to Tatar. And um, you know, in in Detroit, I thought they had two very similar players in Tatar and Nyquist, mm-hmm. and so they. They obviously chose Nyquist over Tatar. Uh, they couldn't move Mike Green. He's out with a neck injury, and nobody's real sure when he's going to be back or if there's any, you know, yep. if there's any risk to it. And so teams backed away from him. I thought he would have got moved for a third round pick or something, but uh, they just weren't able to move him. Now the Sabers uh, traded Evander Kane to the Sharks, conditional first rounder if he resigns. I'm sure Jason Botterill is praying that he resigns with San Jose. <laughs> Praying. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a <clears throat> that was a pretty underwhelming return. Yeah, for sure, right? And I yep. I think it it speaks to what people think of him as a as a guy. Yeah. Yeah, like they they're like that. I don't think there's much question that Evander Kane is a very talented player, but the the questions about his his work ethic and commitment um, and his ability to get along with everybody else in the room um, apparently have, have driven down his price. And yeah. if for, for people that say that's overrated, it's not tennis. You have to get along. You have to be part of the group, right? And yep. Everywhere, everywhere he's been, there's there's been a mess behind him somewhere. And, um, you know, so San Jose takes a – I wouldn't even call it a big chance, but a little bit of a chance that he's going to be committed. And I think it's a good chance to take because – He's got no contract at the end of the year. Right. If he's not on best behavior now, 
then he's never going to be. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. The um, the Broussard deal for for Ottawa. Um, Ottawa was talking about moving Hoffman, talking about Carlson, talking about Stone. They did move Broussard. Uh, what'd you make of that move? Uh, I like the goalie they got back, uh, Gustafsson. Gustafsson, yep. Um, he plays in the Swedish Hockey League as a 19 year old. Um, now, again, one of the I don't know benefits or perks of doing the World Juniors is I see these guys every year, like the top prospects. They're all through that tournament and. There's no guarantee that a guy's going to be a star because he was in the World Junior, but if he's there, you know you've got a pretty good a pretty good chance. Right. So Ottawa's got you know they got a 38 year old Craig Anderson who's had a not a very good year. Mike Condon they signed him somehow for three years yep. after last year. He's not had a very good year. They don't have much depth in goal. Um, they got a young guy Hogberg, another Swedish kid. And um, he's kind of it for their goaltending depth. So I thought this was a, a pretty good deal for them that uh, they were able to get him. And Carlson didn't move. Uh, Pierre Dorian said if he's there, he's, they're going to try to make a resign. They're trying going to try to resign him to a new deal. Carlson said, "Hey, I'll, I, my mind is open. I'll stay here." Like you mentioned earlier, right? The rumor was the Knights took a run at him. What do you make of the whole Carlson situation and, and a possible trade in, uh, around July one? Well, I think it's a, it's a, it's a mess. It's what it is. <laughs> right. And like, I don't believe anything anybody says right now uh, <laughs> out, of, out of Ottawa. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> like when, when Pierre Dorian says, you know, I've got a great relationship with Eric. Well, maybe you do, but what does that even really mean? Mm-hmm. And when Carlson says, I'll sign there. Well, what do you think he's going to say? No, I won't. Right. Like, why? Why? Why put yourself under that? crap for the rest of the year. Yeah, sure, I'd love to sign. I, you, know, right. you know, I love it in Ottawa. I bought a house here. Well, sell your house. Right. right? Got, it's not, it's yeah. not that big a deal. And, yeah. and so I don't, anything that comes out of there, I don't believe. I don't think, I don't think it's going to be an easy bridge to mend. You think he's gone? Um, you think he'll be traded this summer? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Right, um, but I do think by not trading them now, I think they missed their window for their biggest return. Mm-hmm. Because if you trade them now, you get you get them for two seasons, right? Like yep. this season, yep. the yep. end of this, this season, all playoffs. of next season, yep. this playoff yep. and next playoff. Yep. So I thought they, I thought they missed a, a little bit of a window here. But in saying that, if the deal wasn't right, the deal's not right. Like if. Yeah. If you're if you're Ottawa and you're talking to Vegas, so you need this year's first rounder mm-hmm. or one of their first rounders, but then they already trade that. Yep. So you don't have that. So I want one of your first rounders from last year. Well, you would assume it had to be Brandstrom, the defenseman mm-hmm. from Sweden. He had to be in the deal. Did it like? Try to put the deal together. You can say, oh, I want a first and a Brandstrom, and, 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 and then I want this player and yeah. this player. And pretty soon, it, beca- you know, it doesn't make any sense. But when, when the rumor to Vegas popped up, I was like, I could see Carlson in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised, you know, yeah. Like, his, he's an amazing player. He's got great, great style. Um, you know, he's 27. 
you know, so if you have to trust, however, here's the, mm-hmm. the one uh, caveat to the Carlson deal is you have to trust that his ankle is okay. Yeah, I was going to ask, ask gonna you re- about that. Yep, for sure. Yeah, that he's going to return to last year's form because, or something close to it, because he's not had a good year and he's not been, he wasn't healthy from the get-go. And, and he was, you know, he's been behind the whole year. And, and that's, that becomes a really risky deal. The, um, the Maple Leafs got Thomas Buchanan, longtime Montreal Canadian. Uh, nice pickup, I think, as a Leaf fan. I'm, I'm all right with that. Uh, second rounder, they had to give up on a couple of uh, minor leaguers, Reichel's kid. Um, what'd you make of that? Well, at this point, Placanitz is a, he's a depth guy. Mm-hmm. Right? In my, you know, he's a fourth-line center, maybe a third-line center. I think he's got six goals this year. Um, you know, I'd, yep. I'd be careful to, you know, to, to think that Placanitz is going to do what he did when he was a 50-point guy. Yeah. Right? Like that's, that's not really – that's not really what he, the, yeah, it's what he is. Not, the, not what yeah, he is he's anymore. Yeah, right? what he is anymore. I, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, is he a major upgrade on Dominic Moore? I wouldn't say he's a major upgrade, but he is a little bit of one. You know, so yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not, I wasn't. I, I put it this way: if they didn't make the deal and they went in with the group they had, I wouldn't think they were much worse than they are. Now. Sure. Yeah. Um, Vancouver Canucks, they got rid of Vanek. Uh, Vanek is this, did I read this was Vanek's eighth team in five yes. years? Something like that? It was yes, just, you did. <laughs> that's just nutty. Uh, but UC Okanen, this was his fourth team this season. So it's perfect. It's perfect. They, they were traded for each other. Uh, but Jim, yeah. Jim Benning was probably hoping to get like a second rounder for Vanek or maybe a third. I guess. You know, I mean, I hope he was trying to get draft picks. Um, he's getting the Canucks are getting pounded pretty good in the market here in Vancouver where I live, uh-huh. and they they've taken here Steve to the to the the tact of complaining about the coverage they're getting that it's too negative. Oh boy! And yeah, and so seriously, put on your big boy pants, and that's the way it goes. How do you think the media coverage has been in Edmonton for ten of the last eleven years? Yeah. How's it going? How's it going in Ottawa right now? Mm-hmm. They've got they got fans taking out billboards <laughs> that say Melnick must go. Yeah. Like you can't turn everything into house radio where you have everybody saying, "Oh, that was a good try, Jim, trying to make a trade." They didn't come back with any draft picks out of the trade deadline. Yeah. That's absurd. Yeah. Now I know they didn't have the, you know they didn't have a guy like Thomas Tatar to trade for three draft picks. I get that, but what's happened here over the last couple of years is they say that they're rebuilding, and then last July they signed three veterans. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You. So you were surprised. They've got yeah. mixed messages. They got mixed messages all over the place, and it really is not a good look. And so they're going to take it in the teeth until this starts to turn around. Now, next year. They'll get Elias Pettersson um, in the lineup. They'll get Ole Ulevi in the lineup. Yep. But they're kids. Like, I, I mean, they'll be they'll make some kind of impact, but I don't know how much. They should have had. They should have had taken the tack when they came in here to move the rebuild forward, but they didn't. The first year they came in, they signed 
Radom Verbata and Ryan Miller. Then then they signed Louis Erickson. Yeah. Then they signed these three guys. Like it's it's kind of kind of mind boggling what's happened here. I, Yet they got an extension. Jim Benning got an extension, and so whatever the vision is, it's yeah. going to continue. But right now they're twenty nine. So are they upset about the media's coverage after the trade deadline or sort of all year long? Or is it just this trade deadline that makes them that they're not happy with? I think the trade deadline probably broke you know, what is it? <laughs> Rob broke the apples back. Right. You know, like they just like they're saying no more, no more and but the fact of the matter is if you want better coverage, yeah, then put a better team on the ice. And you're never going to win that battle. You're never going to win that battle. You can't. You can't win the battle. It's nonsense. It's nonsense to say it. And you could feel it. Like, how do you think Mark Bergevin's last 18 months have gone? (laughs) Right. He's getting pounded. And uh, Garth Snow, there was a billboard for Garth. So it's not unique to Vancouver. Yeah, but they've just chosen to take this to let this get out in the public. I think it was a a, a silly, immature decision. What did, what happened? Did Lyndon come out and say something, or what happened to kind of get this out in the open? Um, they were on. Um, they kind of did a media. There's oh. two, two sports stations, so they did a media thing post deadline with both, and it kind of came out there, and <laughs> then. Somebody contacted one of the stations and was furious with the coverage and oh, uh, boy. you know like yeah. like just stop it. Don't say anything. Put put a better team on the ice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I was surprised this summer. They should they should be trying to bottom out. Why get Gagne and Delzato, Vanek? But it's, know, yeah. it's not even bottoming out. It's get your young guys here mm-hmm. and build and start to play with them. And you have if you have a bunch of young guys that don't need waivers to go up and down, you can move them up and down. Give them 10 games, send them down for 10 games. Yeah. What were you going to do, be 30th? They're 29th. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, yeah, you'll never win that battle, for sure. Like you said, Mark Bergeron just getting hammered and Oilers. Rashog was, you know, two, three weeks ago, Ryan Rashog was on this podcast, and he was not scared to lay into him, you know, so... Yeah, what are you going to do? No, because after because after a while, the, like the people in Vancouver are like, okay, our team has been no good for three years. Next year's going to be no good. That's four. Where's the light? Yeah. And uh, you can say it's these young guys. Sure, it is. But every team has prospects that they like. What? Where's the first general manager to come out and say, "Yeah, we got some prospects. We don't like them very much, but." <laughs> <laughs> They're not very good, but right, yeah. yeah. They all love their prospects, and you know what? Maybe Pedersen and maybe Uolavi and maybe Adam Gaudet, a kid playing U.S. college, maybe they'll all hit, and they'll all be great players. Jonathan Dolan that they got for Alex Burrow somehow last year from Ottawa, maybe those four guys will be excellent players, and you add them to Sven Berge and Brock Besser, and then whatever yeah. you think Jake Bertanen is and whatever – Sven Berchi turns out to. Maybe there is something there. Mm-hmm. But holy smokes, that's a lot of ifs. Yeah. Uh, running around the league before we get into the Olympics, a couple things while you were gone, Ray. First up, the Philadelphia Flyers. Do you remember when they had lost nine in a row and Hextall was, you know, going to get fired and, and Ron Hextall 
came out and said no, and but there was there was a mess, and they were leading the match. The Caps just passed them, but uh, they've won six in a row. Good job for the Philadelphia uh, Flyers. Yeah, I don't know that I remember that. Does it, wasn't that three years ago? It's amazing, right? How yeah. that can happen in the same season. <laughs> like is. they were old, they were zero five and five, mm-hmm. and and that's when Hextall came out, as you mentioned, and said, "No, Hextall's our coach, and we just got to be better." And then they made a couple of moves to their lineup. Um, you know that they they took um, Borachek off the top line with. Uh, with Couturier and Giroux, and then they moved Simmons to a third line. They basically spread out their scoring. Nolan Patrick got healthy. Yep, um, got better. So that for gave sure. them another yeah. another player. Their goaltending somehow got better, and then when both guys got hurt, Elliott and Neuvert, they went out and got Peter Morazic yep. from Detroit. So there's another thing, another couple picks that Kenny Holland put in the draft yeah. hopper for this year. And so through all of that, Philly is still really young. They're a young team. Their defense is loaded with young prospects. Uh, Provorov is a terrific young player. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, all of a sudden, Philly, they're not scrambling for a wild card. They're no. scrambling for the division lead. Yeah. And I don't know how the hell that happens in the same year. <laughs> it's It just goes to show you, it is a long year, everybody. Anything could happen. You, you know what, Pete? That's an amazing point to make, is that we always look at it in the, in the scope of what's happening right now. Right? Like, mm-hmm. what's that team doing now? Mm-hmm. You forget, if you're a Leafs fan like you are, of course, you forget that Mitch Marner had two goals in December. Yes, yes. He was sitting at two. William Neenheimer had, what, four, six or something? I don't four. know. Yeah. And, that, and now you're like, that was 100 games ago. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely. Yep. It's, uh, it's, it's great. It's cool to see. Now, on the flip side, so St. Louis trades Stassi to Winnipeg. Braden, Braden Shen comes out and goes, hey, man, like I don't really know what they're doing. We're only a couple points out of a wild card. They've lost seven in a row. And their goalies can't seem to stop anything. And right now, St. Louis is struggling. And they just saw, you know, one of their one of their leaders, one of their uh, leading players, center Iceman, leave the team. Well, again, like like Jeff Gordon in in New York, Doug Armstrong takes a realistic approach and his look at his team this year and says, mm, "This isn't happening." And Paul Stastny is going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, mm-hmm. and they weren't going to sign him. So, gee, we could let him go for nothing, or maybe a a mid round pick at the you know a week before the draft to give somebody a, a week, uh, yeah, 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 a week head start. But or I could get a first round pick. So he doesn't really Doug Armstrong doesn't really care what Braden Shen thinks. Um, you know, this has been going on. St. Louis was one of the best teams in the first twenty five or thirty games. So this has been going on not just for. 10 games, but for 25 games. And so they took a look and said, not liking it. Now, the biggest problem they may have is they're, you know, they seem to have fallen apart internally. And that always struck me as a a really tight team. You know, so they're, they're kind of pulling in four or five different directions here. Their goalies have been dreadful. Jake Allen, I think he's now two wins in his last 16 starts. Like how are you even in the league anymore? Yeah, yeah. Have you have you been on a team where the, the deadline comes and 
Well, I, I, no, I guess you weren't on uh, you weren't on uh, Whalers then. But have you been on a team where people have been ripped apart and you're like, oh, thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks, general manager. Uh, not like that. No. What I've been on is where you're fighting for a playoff spot and everyone around you makes a bunch of moves. Mm-hmm. And you go, what about us? Right. Yeah. And you didn't do anything. And so, I mean, we were at opposite ends of the spectrum, but in 94, the Rangers made about five trades at the deadline. Yeah. If you remember, that was the year they won the Cup. Yeah, they brought a and bunch they of... Yeah. Basically, yeah. they reshaped a lot of their team, and we did nothing. Mm-hmm. And we're like, like, we're trying to get into the playoffs here. Somehow we made it, and then the Rangers bounced us in four games. But we're like, we're looking around. Everybody else is adding players, yep. and it's, it is demoralizing. And I'm sure Braden Shen and the Blues were pretty upset to see Paul Stastny go because it, it kind of does, like the Rangers, signal the end of your season. But that doesn't mean you quit. Right. You know, you still got lots of games to play, and, yep. you know, you got lots to play for. But um, it's in the aftermath, the immediate aftermath, it's pretty tough. Yeah, Rangers shipped out Gartner and Amante. They got Anderson back. Yeah, it was. Uh... McTavish, they picked up McTavish, I think. Um, right. Yep. <clears throat> hey, so all right, let's. Uh, anything else on the league? You want to go around in the Olympics? Um, anything else on your mind? Hell, hell, I was gone for three weeks. I mean, something had to happen. <laughs> Although over there, by the time I got it, it was a day old. Yeah. Yeah. And or or I was a day in front, or I don't know what I was, but right. anyway, it was. It, you know, it was pretty kind of an odd, odd way to look at the league. The one. One thing that I'm interested in right now is, you know, Pittsburgh's got 76 points, and Matt Murray just went out with a concussion. He yep. got hit in the head by only Matt at practice. And I'm like, man, if Matt Murray can't play, yeah, what, what good is Derek Broussard going to do? Them? You yep. know, that's a, yep. that's a one to keep a, an eye on because I think Pitt's really good. And it's not that they're not going to be a playoff team. It's like, Man, do they, you know, how do they hold on here? Yeah. Right yeah. now, they're scheduled to play Philly. That would be awesome. Yeah. If, if they went in uh, as as that. Absolutely. What was it like trying to track the league over there? <laughs> like, I mean, oh, you're doing hard. three games. You're doing, some days you're doing three games in a day. It's like, how do you even figure out what's going on? Yeah, some, some days I didn't even try. Yeah. Because there's just too much going on. And, um... You know, and then you look at the scores and you go, oh, how about that team or how about this team? And right. the hardest part was keeping track of, or trying to keep up to date with what was going on with um, trade rumors and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That, that was impossible. Um, all right, let's talk a little, little bit Olympics here. So I, I didn't – surprisingly, like, I was really excited for this tournament. I was fine with no NHLers. We, we talked about that a bunch. I love the uh, everyone was wide open. Uh, Russia was favored for sure, but after that, everyone was wide open. So I really enjoyed this tournament going into it. But I did find it hard, Ray, over here in on the Pacific time zone to watch the games. Like, I tried. I, I My work schedule got in the way. Uh, sleep got in the way. <laughs> I, I tried to set my uh, uh, alarm clock a few times, and it, it was really tough. To, to keep up with as much as I wanted to do it. I really wanted to track it and watch as much as I could, and I, I found it tough, man. And that's just welcome to South Korea time change. That, that's it, you know? Yeah. But, yep. the, the, you know, um, Rene Fassel 
the president of the IIHF and Bettman have been sparring publicly for quite some time about about the NHL guys going into Korea. And, you know, Bettman quoted the, you know, there's just not enough of a bump uh, for them to go to the Olympics, shut down for two and a half weeks. It costs them tangible dollars when their rinks are closed uh, while the players are out mm-hmm. uh, playing at the Olympics. Um, but there seems to be interest uh, in them going to Beijing in 2022. I don't know if you've looked at a map. Yeah. But but Beijing isn't near Chicago. No, no, it's going to be another so, another one. Yep. It, so to your point of getting up to watch the games, it's it's impossible. People have lives; they want to watch them. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But holy smokes, like what? You know, you can't get up at three in the morning and then go to work. No, no, it was tougher than I thought to to stay up with it and kind of catch highlights and see what happened. Now, the games I did watch. You could tell it wasn't NHL players. A real scrambly. Now I never watched Russia. I wasn't able to watch any games of Russia who had who had a pretty stacked team. But the Canada games, the USA games, uh, a couple of other tournament ones, very uh, scrambly play on the big ice. Right? Like, would you agree? It was. Uh, you could tell these guys. A lot of guys didn't have a lot of time with each other. Um, didn't you know? weren't a well oiled machine yet. It, it was a scrambly play. I thought. Yeah. The. The lack of preparation really showed. Um, the, you know, where teams were thrown together. Not only are they thrown together late, which mm-hmm. happens with the NHL players too, right? They don't, yeah. they don't get a lot of prep time. The difference is, they're, I mean, they're not NHL guys, so they're not as good. Yep. Um, they're also coming from not one league, you know, like Team Canada, for example, thrown together out of the NHL. Everybody knows each other. Yeah. They're thrown together. Some teams, the U.S. was out of seven different leagues. Was it really? Jeez. Yeah. And also, like, yeah. they're they're trying to jam it all together. And then the U.S., for whatever reason, decided not even to have a three-day minicamp over there. Yeah. So they literally stepped on the ice and tried <laughs> to figure it out in Korea. Right. Um, what would you make of the tournament? Uh, Canada gets a bronze. Germany is the... Well, Germany, I guess, Marco Strom was the coach. Um, from what I understand, Ray, and you can correct me, a lot of those guys play with each other. A lot of the times, they kind of know each other. They've been the same group of guys. Did that help? That German team, oh, yeah, it does yeah. for sure. Right. Well, here's the thing. So that German team, 16 out of the 23 guys uh, were at the World Championships last year. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So it's the, the same team that played against the NHL players at the World Championships. Yeah. And so there's a familiarity. They know the coach. They know the systems. Um, for them, the the three players that they didn't have, that may, you know, a country like Germany, you take out NHL guys and they don't replace them very easily. Right. Uh, so they were missing their two goalies. You know, Thomas Grice was one of their goaltenders last year. That's So now you've got Austin uh, uh, Burke and the guy that played in the in the gold medal game. That's a big step down for them. Yep. And you can't replace them. Where are you going to find another guy of that caliber? And then Leon Dreisaitl came in late for them, and of course they don't have him. Yep. But Germany played their ass off yeah. in that tournament. And the crazy part is they barely got by Norway. They beat Norway 2-1 in the shootout. That put them into a quarterfinal game where they beat the Swiss in overtime. Mm-hmm. And then they beat the Swedes in overtime. Yeah. 
you know, like, and then they beat Canada. Like, it's not like they just waltzed through. They had they were scrapping tooth and nail to get there, yeah. and they had the bloody game in their hand. <laughs> they did, yeah. They're, they're, I mean, there were probably five things that Yannick Seidenberg could have done with the puck <laughs> when he had it at the point, yep. and he picked the sixth thing, <laughs> which was to play. shoot it off the guy's shin pad. Right, right. Yeah. Um, it was cool. It was a cool story. I'm I'm okay. Like I'm not one of those flag waver dudes who would be upset about this. I was perfectly fine with Germany beating Canada. Cool story. You know what I mean? I thought it was awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's no um, there's no debate. What they did was one of the great stories of the hockey tournament. Yeah, yeah. Now, how much it resonated in North America? Look, I don't know. I'm over there, and I'm telling you, I don't know what the hell's going on day to day over here. Like, I'll tell you, this is how crazy it is. You go over there, and because you can't read the papers or understand stuff, I knew more about what was going on with North and South Korea when I was in Vancouver than I did <laughs> right, when I was right. 30 minutes away. Yeah. I didn't, like, nothing, no idea. So... The two greatest stories of the Olympics for me from the hockey side were the Korean team and that last night where they, you know, bowed to their coach, Jimmy Pack. Jimmy Pack, yeah. Um, oh, my God. It was, it was really emotional to see because Jim had, Jim's father, um, uh, father and mother are Korean. Uh-huh. Jim was born there. They moved to Toronto when Jim was a young guy. and. Somewhere through their lives, they, you know, we mentioned if you ever get a chance to do something for your country, I'd like you to do it. And so the reason Jim, when this was offered, took the job was to fulfill his dad's dream. So they moved their family back to Korea. Yeah. Like, can you imagine that, you know, you got to go all in here yeah. to do this. Yep. And so that was fabulous to watch and to see how hard they tried. And um, they've qualified for the world championship. So I'm going to see those guys again. Um, in Copenhagen in, in May. Mm-hmm. And then the Germans were, you know, it was so unthought of. Yep. Like it wasn't, it was unthinkable. So, oh, the Russians, they were the favorite. Yep. Yep. You know, by far. Then there was Canada, the Czechs, Slovakia. No, I don't know if Slovakia. Canada, the Czechs, Swedes, the Finns. Yep. Maybe the U.S. So it's five teams. You still don't get to Germany. No, no, you're right, you're right, yep. And, and and they're on a power play with two minutes and ten seconds left with the gold medal in their hand. Yeah, they've got it. So it was pretty It was pretty cool to watch. Yeah, it was, uh, it was great. The Canadian team, when you boil it down from what I watched, Ray, and again, you, you know more, they couldn't finish. Like, no. they could not finish. They had chances in, in every game I watched, and um, – they couldn't finish, man. It would just think pucks would roll off the stick. They miss the net, whatever. They they needed a guy. Well, you know what, Steve? We talked to a couple coaches before the tournament, mm-hmm. and um, the concern from all of them was, I don't know how the hell we're going to score. Oh, it was okay. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it just seemed from team to team. You looked at, well, maybe they got one or two guys, but other than that, I don't know who else is going to score. And that's kind of what Canada ran into Canada was one of those teams. They were nervous about their ability to finish, and as it turned out, it was with good reason. Yeah. Chris Lee was good, though, huh? Got himself a contract. Chris Lee was good. Yep. Um, he's, uh, 
he's a good passer, smart. Um, you know, he doesn't didn't seem to try to do more than he was capable of that would put him in a bad position. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he's 37, right? Oh, is that how old he is, huh? Is he 37? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So he's been over there a long time, and he's yeah, built, a real, <laughs> built a real hockey life for himself. And so what's kind of cool as well that you see when you go over there is there are many ways, if you can't make the NHL, to build a good living. Mm-hmm. And lots of these guys do it. But you got to be willing to go. you got to immerse yourself in yeah. whatever country you're in. And Chris has done it. And... um uh, good for him because yeah. his his skill set is there, his foot speed is not, and that and he probably came along at a time when the NHL was looking for guys to throw forwards over the glass as opposed to pass the puck around. Them. <laughs> Chris Lee's thirty seven. Where'd the time go? I'm just I'm trying to wrap my head around that <laughs> that he's thirty seven. Yeah. Oh. Um, is there somebody on Canada that impressed you that maybe you hadn't thought of going in? That you hadn't done. You know, you did your work. You studied hard. You, you looked at the team, but was there somebody over there that you're like, huh, wow, good play? I had no idea. I had no idea Matt Robinson was as good as he is. Now he's a five foot eight defenseman. Yeah, can really skate. He's really bold in his play. Mm-hmm. Can shoot the puck. I liked him a lot. I, I really did. I thought he was as good as anybody for Canada. And he and Lee played together. Yep. And um, uh, they were their best defensemen by by quite some margin. Yeah, it was uh, – it was, and, well, by the way, too, uh, the big eyes. I haven't watched the big eyes for a while that much. I, I, I don't want it. I don't want the big eyes. Like, we talk, you've talked about a hybrid between the two, Ray, and uh, yep. I'm okay with that, or let's try that. But once again, watching a tournament on the big eyes, I don't like it. <laughs> it just – Well, one of, the, yeah. one of the biggest misconceptions is big eyes create more offense because no. there's more room. Basically what happens is – everybody sinks back to the middle of the ice anyway because if you want to skate around by the boards, go ahead. The you know, You're in no danger to score. And the other thing that happens is you can take two strides off the boards in an NHL rink and you're in a dangerous scoring spot. And on the big ice, you take two strides from the boards and you're two strides more away from a dangerous scoring spot. Yep. Like it's just so wide. Yeah. That you're not going to score from out there, so it does. It takes away physicality. It mm-hmm. takes away puck battles. It. Um, I'm not a fan of it. No, no, and I got a reminder that I'm not a fan of it either. Watching these games. Um, so Ray, there were talking about your schedule. Like there were days where you had three games, right? Five days in a row. Three games a day. I know I was trying to bug you for a podcast, and you're just like, no, like I, I got no time. Yeah. So. What would your day be like? What What are you doing? Are you going? Are you sleeping oh, yeah. at all? Get up at Yep. Get up at nine o'clock. Okay. Um, leave for the rink at ten. So you eat breakfast, shower, get ready to go. Um, first game's at twelve ten. Next one's at four forty. Last one's at nine ten, which ended at about eleven forty. We'd get back to the hotel just after twelve. So we were gone and then repeat at the rink fourteen. Yeah. 14 hours. Okay, so you wouldn't run back in between games at all? No time? No time to go back? No time. Yeah. No. And so we would you'd finish up get in the media bus. Oh, I gotta tell you. So there were these two media buses. Okay. One went to the media village. We were staying in where there were these two hotels close together. 
And so, but for whatever reason, I guess because it was media, they were both numbered the same, number 41. Okay. So there'd be 100 people waiting for the bus. But one would go to hotel and one would go to media village. Uh-huh. And, and so, like, it was like a bunch of kids, right? Like, the bus would come and everybody jam around the door <laughs> hoping it's your bus. And so there was this little guy, a little Korean guy that would was driving the bus and he eventually he got tired of everybody crowding around the door. Uh-huh. So he'd open the door and stick his head out and yell, Hotel! <laughs> and it was so funny. The first time he did it, yeah. everybody just broke up. And so, you know, like we would be wherever we were in that mass and we'd be like, Yes, Hotel! <laughs> and we would walk through and people would have to get out of the way. But sometimes he'd He'd not say anything, and the door would open. He'd be like, "Damn, he's going to the media village. It's the wrong bus." And you oh yeah, wait. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I would, I would come back, get back to the hotel about twelve ten. Yeah, and and I'd update all the stats for the tournament. That would take about thirty minutes, and then um, br- brush my teeth and go to bed. And so I'd be in bed at probably one o'clock yeah up at nine up at nine <laughs> breakfast at 10 and, and yeah yeah and be in, you right. know be on the media bus again by Holy 10 smokes where would you go and in between so, games at the arena what would you do in between games? Uh, there was a media or there was a the catering that they had for us okay yeah so you could go you go get something to eat mm-hmm. and then you'd go into the media workroom and then prep for the next game wow yeah and, that's that's like, there, was, there was no yeah. hell the I looked at 10 minutes or 15 minutes of the short track speed skating. It was literally next door to the okay. uh, the tent, yep. the food tent. But that was it. There, I didn't see anything else. I don't even know if the Olympics really were a thing. <laughs> you heard about these other events going on around you, but you weren't quite yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, nice story and all that, but... Um, yeah. I didn't see any of it, dude. You're, this is slave labor, Ray. This is what this is. This is slave labor. Yeah, we knew what we signed up for. Right. God. Yeah, that sounds gnarly. Um, yeah. At some point, you're like punch drunk. Like, what teams are playing? Like, what what's going on? Right. Like, um, hey, where was uh, where were all the fans? Did they not like hockey in South Korea? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, there were. I, I guess there's twelve thousand. I think it's the capacity. Okay. And I, I would say most of the games, seven to nine thousand, maybe a little more. You know, yeah. a lot of the a lot of the seats down low get blocked off for media oh, and okay. for VIPs, which I think is kind of bogus. But you know that yeah. there were some games that didn't have very. You know, the attendance wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I assume people said, well, I've got a chance to spend it on a hockey ticket or a skating ticket or a curling ticket, and I'm going to go to the other venue. Like, they were all within walking distance. Did, so, yeah. you know, so so I, I guess people chose to go yeah. elsewhere. I mean, maybe it would have been different if the NHL guys were there. Yeah. Did you get a sense from being there that uh, people missed the NHL guys? Did did you, other media people, other other dignitaries you spoke oh, to? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Everybody's yeah, like, I mean, ah, it, it sucks, right? <laughs> you know, you just you want the best guys. Of course, that's what people wanted. Um, you know, I the the logistics make it really tough, but nobody cares about the logistics. There's a great line 
nobody cares about the labor pains. They just want to see the baby. Maybe, yeah, right. And so, you know, nobody cares about the tens of millions of dollars that are on the line here. Nobody cares that the NHL doesn't like that they don't get to use any of the video once the Olympics are done. Nobody yep. cares about that. They just want to see the players. Yep. But it's far more complicated than that. I, I support the NHL not going, from what I've read. Like, the, the IOC just seems impossible. Like, what, why, why would they, we do this, you know? If you, why would we the do IOC this? has made a pile of dough yeah. off the NHL players being there. Yep, yep, yep. Um, did you do anything fun? What did you do for fun at any point? You and Cuthbert and P.J. Stock or whoever we had else? One yeah. night, we had one night where Alexi Yashin, who is an amazing guy, by the way. Really? Super nice. Guy. Really? Awesome guy. Wow. We went for dinner at this at this restaurant, you walk up and there are these fish tanks out front. And that's where they get your food from. They get it right out of the tank. Oh boy. And so I'm doing an interview, I look out and the guy is he's wearing like a winter ski jacket <laughs> and he's he's got a net and he's scooping out fish. He's scooping out dinner. <laughs> and so we're we're like, oh man. So we have this like amazing dinner and then we went to we went to Russia House. Okay. And so it's um, like we're the Russian fans and I guess athletes and okay. anybody can hang up. Yeah. So we went there because we were with Yashin. So we go there and we're, you know, listening to music and eating again. And so, of course, you're in Russia House. Yeah. You, you know, you have the opportunity to. Yes, there's probably some vodka. Have some. Oh, so apparently they got this thing. If you have one, you have three. But if you have four, you have ten. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So we got we got past three. <laughs> and I woke up in the morning, uh-huh. and I was like, why am I so hot? <laughs> and I looked down. I was in all of my clothes. I had my media credential around my neck. <laughs> Just out. Done. Out. So I'm talking to Cammie, and she's like, well, how'd you get home? I'm like, you know, I don't know. And she's like, come on, how'd you? I go, right. I, I have no idea. So the next day I run into PJ Stock, who was doing panel work for CBC, and mm-hmm. I was with him the night before. I'm like, hey, PJ, how do we get back? Yeah. And he goes, we walked. It was like 15 minutes. I'm like, really? <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the part it that was, you're hanging out with Alexei Yashin, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. Oh, Alexei well, Yashin. he had work for CBC. Yeah, I heard. Right, yeah. Incredibly nice guy. Like, not even by a little bit. Like, he is a super, super nice guy. He was so vilified so, when he played, right? Like, he was this. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think probably his biggest problem was he was probably as nice a guy then as he is now. Sure, right? You'd think that. Yeah. And so we were. You know, we're out, and he goes, uh, you know, guys, this is my friend, Alex. We're like, hey, Alex, how you doing? And an older guy. And then we, somebody realized, oh, that's Alex Medvedev. Oh. He runs Gazprom. Yeah. Gazprom's worth, we look it up, $123 billion. Yeah, yeah. I would say that's the wealthiest guy I've ever ever eaten dinner with. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, so that was that was kind of our one night of fun that turned yep. into a, a debacle, <laughs> right? And made the next day of only two games very difficult. We started that day at four forty, 
and I think I slept till like two thirty. Right, right. <laughs> Ferraro does the Olympics in the Russia house. Oh, um, that was bad news. How was the food? Uh, uh, we ate in we ate in uh, the media. Okay. Like basically, it was North American food. Oh, it was okay. And, uh, yep. and then we had two meals where we ate outside, and one of them was that fish meal, which yep. was outstanding. Uh huh. And um, yeah, the other one was you know kind of like a yeah smorgasbord full of stuff. But it was um, so I I couldn't even tell you what the local cuisine was like because yeah, we yeah. didn't you know, eat it. Did you get wow? That sounds uh, uh was it cold? I I got these dumb questions. I realized what was the weather like? No, first first couple days was beyond cold. Oh, okay. It was like, oh my god, how are we going to get through two weeks of this? Yeah. And then it warmed up, and we had lots of nice days, but like winter, right? Yeah. But yeah. Nice. Yep. Winter days, clear, cold, um, stuff you wouldn't know in Vegas, and um, but it was it was nice. The weather was was not bad. We we missed the really the really cold stuff. Um, we, we missed it by about a yeah. week, which was great. Sounds like you really broke down with uh, PJ Stock. He got you on Instagram. You're on Instagram now. PJ got yeah, it. it happen. There, you know, he's kind of like he's like you don't do that. You don't do this. Don't take the picture sideways because they go on. <laughs> I know you. I know a lot of your photos were sideways. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing anyway. So, and my 11 year old Riley's like, Dad, you got to do it. And he's showing me how to do this and how to how you tag this guy and. Right. It'll be another year before I figure it out. <laughs> um, all right. Hey, uh, also, two on my notes here. Rasmus Dahlin, uh, healthy scratch, one game for Sweden. Um, what was the deal? I was uh, I never got a chance to watch any Swedish games, but it, I saw your tweet or I saw somebody's tweet. Um, yeah, I don't know why they brought him and didn't play him. I don't get it. I think they probably felt, you know, we're bringing him because we have to because he's that good. But they got there and they wanted – they didn't trust because he was young. I mean, he's only 17, but there was there was a player for the Finns, uh, Miro Heiskin, and he's Dallas's first round pick last year, number three overall. So he's 18. He was outstanding in the tournament. Yep. I don't. I don't know why. I don't know why Darlene didn't play more. Uh, all right, Paul Pocky podcast with Ray Ferraro. Let's quickly get through some questions. Uh, after covering the Olympics, Ray, this is from Josh. Uh, what rule or changes would you implement in the NHL that are used in Olympic slash international play? What'd you like? Oh, the crease rule for yeah, sure. Right. We've talked about that yeah, a few times. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the, the penalty for a hit to the head um, is a two and a 10. And, and I would, I would, I would implement that. Um, and the reason I would is because I think guys become even more careful about that. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't. I can't think safety is a bad thing. Yeah. But the crease rule for sure. Um, basically, it's you can go into the crease. You just can't stand there. And and by and as soon as somebody stands there, they blow the whistle. It's a crease violation. The faceoff comes outside the blue line. Yeah. And what ended up happening is before the crap starts about whether the goalie was interfered with or not. Yep. The play's already blown dead. Yeah. Whistle's done. So I like that a lot. Was the crease the same size as the NHL? Maybe that's a dumb question, but yeah. I, I look yes, like it. it. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, from Joel Yinger, had Germany beat the Russians, do you think that would have been the second most memorable moment in Olympic history behind the Miracle on Ice? Uh, for the hockey, 
Probably. Yeah. But but I think it would always be tempered by the NHL guys weren't there. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know this, but I would think the miracle on ice, uh, for us Canadians, the Sidney Crosby's golden goal is one we'll always remember, I think. Yep. Um, but, you know, whether the NHL guy's there or not, like Germany getting to the final, and if they would have won, yeah, it would have been an enormous yeah. uh, moment in Olympic history for sure. Yeah, it really would have been. The, the One of the best ride, dirt bike racers in the world is German, German, and he's over here. He lives here now. And uh, he was razzing me about Germany beating Canada. And he doesn't know anything about I hockey. Bet he was. Yeah, he doesn't know anything about hockey, but he knows that Germany pulled it off. So, Yes, that's all he needed to know. Yep, exactly. Uh, from Taylor Dixon, what's the most money or value that Ray has seen to trade jersey numbers? You talked about Robotai, Hawaiian Vacation. Um, what's the most you've uh, seen? I don't know. In, in hockey, I don't, I don't know. I think the most thing. Guys kind of get watches a lot. I don't know how much those watches cost, the good ones. Yep. You know, like a Rolex. I'm not a watch guy, so... But that, I would say, so maybe up to ten grand, I would say, which yeah. I think is absurd. I would wear some other number. <laughs> exactly. Uh, from Jeff Lawton, most ridiculous thing you saw at the Olympics? Some parallel parking, perhaps. Um, any? Uh, uh, what was the most? Oh no! You know what? When they drive, they're uh-huh. very aggressive. <laughs> so when they come to an intersection, if they're going through it. Uh huh. They lay the horn on in advance. <laughs> now, the light might not be green anymore. It might not be orange. It might be pretty damn close to red. But they're on the horn, and that means they're coming through. Your, it seemed yeah. a tad risky. However, nobody hit anything that I saw. Your Instagram with the with the dinging in the cab or whatever oh that was? <laughs> I. Uh. I couldn't. Uh, Jocelyn Lemieux was in the front seat. Okay. Lemieux's brother. Yep. And he said to me about three times, "Focus on something else." I go, "I'm going to lose my mind back here." <laughs> focus, Can't focus, Ray. Anymore. Focus, Ray. <laughs> on anything else, he was saying, "I couldn't." Oh, that's funny. Uh, from Joakim Nilberg, random NHLer, Ray's random NHLer, Thomas Sandstrom. Thomas oh, Sandstrom. He, he could really shoot. He was dirty. He was a dirty player. Um, like a stick guy. Yep, yep. And uh, the funny part was his childhood friend was old Samuelson. Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect. And so you're like, between the two of them, they were like swordsmen <laughs> that just happened to play hockey. Yeah. He was a good player, though. Thomas yeah. was a very good player. No, he had a good shot. I, I, I always think of Thomas Sandstrom. Do you remember Dave Brown cross-checking him in the head? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Brown got 15 games for that. I think he would have got six years today. <laughs> it was one of the most brutal acts, for sure. Like you said, he got 15 games, which was so big back then, right? Yeah, um, everybody's like, oh, yeah, that seems about right. He cross-checked him right in the head. Right. He was just standing by the net, if I recall. Yeah, I'm sure Sandstrom at some point had uh, had, had sticked him at some point. but um, I'm sure he had. All right, Ray. Well, are you happy you went to the Olympics? You sound like you worked your nuts off, but a real cool experience, huh? I am, and now I'm back into uh, the regular stuff. So I've been catching up. Now I'm uh, parked just outside of EA Sports. I'm going into tape five hours of uh, voiceover stuff for the next update for the game. And then wow. off to Vegas tomorrow afternoon, 
um, or tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow, is that tomorrow? Yeah. Yep, Thursday. Tomorrow, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, sorry. And um, looking forward to you buying me lunch. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, uh, which I'm sure that's what you're going to buy, though, right? I'll buy. I'll buy lunch. We'll, we'll go. Um, well, it's your town, you know. You're going you're gonna to be stoked when you see the arena and, and all the fans' reaction and the energy in the arena. You're going to be impressed. I really think so. Maybe not, but. Well, I hope so. I'm looking forward to it. And the, what I'm looking, I hope they play well because, um, you know, they've had this amazing season the night Golden Knights have. I've seen them play live once. They were in Minnesota at yeah. the end of a road trip, and they yeah. were brutal. Yeah. And so I'm like, I, I hope they play well tomorrow or Friday. They are playing the carcass that is the Ottawa Senators at this point. So, you know. So I hope I hope they got a little zip. I want to see the building dancing around. So yeah. look forward to it. Yeah, it'll be fantastic. All right, man. Well, hey, thanks uh, thanks for the time. Thanks to all you people for listening each week. Uh, Paul Pocky Podcast. Get it on Stitcher. Get it on iTunes. You know, get it on PaulPocky.com and all of that. And uh, welcome back, Ray. And we'll be doing this uh, every week. So. Yep. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, good to be back. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, keep firing the questions at us, and uh, we'll get back to you next week.